Welcome to the SecureBoat.News podcast, where we review stories that have recently appeared on our website, SecureBoat.News, your election integrity, news, and advocacy location on the web. Let's get to the show. Okay, that uh, brings us to the next segment of our program here on the Path to State and Local Sovereignty. Uh, news that you will not want to miss. This is news from SecureVote.News. And Lou Moore is here to bring us all of the latest and greatest news from SecureVote.News. Lou, good morning. Oh, a lot. You know, Dr. Paul used to say that when I was uh, around him. He still says frequently. that. <laughs> a lot going on out there. And there sure is right now. But uh, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Glad you're here. And really appreciate the sentiments you just expressed about our heritage and uh, our freedoms. And they're at risk big time. So before we get into some of the news stories, Lowell, I just want to point out to the audience that we've made an improvement at SecureVote.News. We kind of make an improvement, but then we have a little problem. We have a little problem, too. We had this podcast, this show that's also a podcast, up on the website, and then it disappeared. And we don't <laughs> quite have it back yet, hopefully today. But the improvement we made is we have a resources section now on the front page. Cool. We have a number of national organizations that people can plug into, state organizations. And, you know, this is not a complete list by any means. We're looking for help and make it a complete list. But we also have what I think is the most valuable part of it is... Uh, we have a section on books, section on documentaries, cool, and a, a section on documents, kind of some of the foundational documents for what we talk about when we talk about election integrity, like the Haldeman report that we've mentioned several times, or the Navarro report. Speaking of which, Peter Navarro is reporting to a federal penitentiary today. Oh, no. As a result of his refusal to cooperate with the sham communist uh, January 6th committee, the, the former congressional committee, we're in the prison today. But anyway, his report's on there, Open.Inc., which is a tremendous uh, research tool from True the Vote, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a number of other things. You can look at it on there and see what we have. But anyway, uh, kind of segueing from typically True the Vote, you know, we're doing well in a couple of areas as we come up to this election, and we're not doing well in all the other areas. So one of the areas that we are making a dent is cleaning up voter rolls. I'm yeah. reporting every week uh-huh. on efforts and and accomplished cleanups of voter rolls. Uh, we just saw 212,000 dead people, <laughs> hopefully voluntarily, but no. But, but leaving the state voter rolls in Kentucky, and uh, although Georgia has a ways to go, despite Brad Raffensperger's uh, insistence of how everything's working so smooth in Georgia, evidently three million possible errors on their voter rolls. I mean, why did they even bother? <laughs> Unbelievable. But so, you know, Judicial Watch is involved with this. Uh, RNC has been effective. Uh, at this particular thing, and a number of other organizations were now going after Michigan. But before you go to Michigan, I just want to point out, Lou, that they're in the Georgia case. Um, and not only do they uh, do they have some cleanup going on, but this Jason Frazier, member of the Election Confidence Task Force and a mechanical engineer um, with an MBA. A little bias here, a little. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm an engineer, folks. I'm an electrical engineer, but yeah. 
we're very keen on engineers. We geeks, we, we love to support each other. Anyway, he reported to the committee there in Georgia that he had found 10,000 duplicate registrations in one county, Fulton County, including one voter who was registered 11 times. <laughs> can you believe that, Luke? Uh, well, I can after watching. Uh, you know, my wife kind of got hooked on this Fonnie Willis thing like a soap mm, opera. You know, okay. all these people come to witness stand it. Well, yeah, I gave them $100,000 in cash. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't have any record of it. Of course not. Black people don't keep records. Yeah, you know, just weird stuff coming from these people. But mm-hmm. what a corrupt place yeah. the county is. So, no, I... <laughs> not surprised. But, but delighted that Jason is helping to expose that. And, and not only that, Lou, let me jump to this other story. There, the, the, there's a group called Fight Voter Fraud. And they applied just recently for two thousand. I'm sorry, two hundred six arrest warrants for suspected voter fraud across three judicial districts in Connecticut, in the towns of Guilford, Haddam, Madison, Middleton, Milford, and New Haven. Hundred and three of them right in the city of New Haven. And so this is a group that's really doing important work, right? I mean, this is what I'm so tickled. It just tickles me pink to see. Uh, citizen groups out there identifying fraud and then bringing those that have fraud to the attention of the county clerk so that they can clean up their voter rolls. And I think that at the outset, that's what you said we were doing right. That's one thing we're really doing right in this country. Well, at least to a degree. Unfortunately, none of us had any idea how bad the voter rolls are everywhere. Yeah. Start looking into this issue. But no, absolutely. And, you know, this is basically started by one woman. Uh-huh. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Connecticut where, if I'm not mistaken, they, they have reversed an election up there. And they're sending a, a mayor across Bar Hotel, I think, yeah, for some of his activity, which is related mm-hmm. to these other referrals. We'll see what we'll see what happens. But no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, voter rolls, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the lawfare area smokes. We are in serious trouble there. And by lawfare, you mean the weaponization of prosecutorial, uh, well, like DAs. They'll just go prosecute you for, like Tina Peters' case in Colorado, right? They're prosecuting her for so-called tampering with the election when all she did was make some backups, right? And so that's, I think, what you mean by lawfare. That's one example, certainly. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of examples. I mean, some Mm -hmm. of it's civil, some of it's criminal, some of it's related to the election, some of it's totally unrelated. Mm -hmm. Some of it has to do with, in the case of Donald Trump, uh, separating him from his money. Yeah. We don't actually have this story up yet, but I was told last night in order for him to save his properties that are the news, uh, New York is about to attach the state of New York, $450 million of properties, he is going to have to put up a bond of $1 billion cash. Oh, no way, man. Uh, yeah. And so uh, he hasn't made it. Uh, he, his attorney told the court, was it yesterday, that he's not likely to do this. So it, within five days today, or is it six days as of today, Letitia James, one of the most evil actors on the scene right now, is going to be able to attach all of his New York properties that are worth hundreds of million dollars, millions of dollars, and represent you know, most of his achievements in life. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, isn't there a, in the, our Bill of Rights prohibition against excessive bail? Well, excessive bail, excessive fines. 
the fact there was no crime, the fact that nobody complained, the fact that the most sophisticated banks on the earth loved doing business with Donald mm-hmm. Trump and were thrilled yeah. to loan him money. And they would do it again. Yeah, you know, the fact they said Miralago was worth $18 million. I, I, I mean, the sign out in front of that place probably worth $18 million. <laughs> but anyhow. So that is an example of things not going so good. And smart people like Matt Taibbi and uh, this other fellow writing at Claremont Institute, it's a friend of John Eastman, uh, who is an attorney getting racked up in a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, has criminal exposure in the Fonnie Willis trial. Mm-hmm. He says, we haven't seen anything yet uh, with what will be coming with the Democrats. And, you know, we have all these jurisdictions, Lowell. Mm-hmm. I mean, tr- Trump put in a lot of judges. But we have all these jurisdictions where the jury pool is all Democrats mm-hmm. and in many cases not very sophisticated Democrats. And so that's a real vulnerability and a real problem. But we have a couple of articles uh, up on that. And then uh, in a segue here, Mike Lindell has been hyping for several days an action before the Supreme Court having to do with voting machines mm-hmm. and what it actually has to do with is what went on in 2022 in Arizona. Fun things like the fact that in the logic and accuracy test that the law says they have to do on these machines before the election, they tested five machines. Those five machines were not even used in the 2022 election. They didn't, didn't test any of the other ones. And, well, and that's just the beginning. Uh-huh. And uh, that is a segue back to our resources section uh, where we have added a documentary called State of Denial, and I highly recommend that. You know, documentaries can be, uh, you know, mostly appeal to emotion, this kind of thing. This one is very factual, straight up. Kurt Olson is the narrator who is the lead attorney for Kerry Lake, all mm-hmm. business kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the fun facts in that documentary, I believe, is the new evidence that Mike Lindell is saying they want to put before the court. But, Lowell, I hate to be continuing down the black pill line, but the Supreme Court is not going to hear this case. You know, we have to stop election fraud before it happens. Right. When it's after, very difficult to prove. Mm-hmm. Very, too, very difficult for even an honest judge to figure out a remedy at times. Mm-hmm. And then... There's all the corruption and then all the cowardice in the judiciary. You know, they don't want to deal with this. And I do not think, my opinion, the Supreme Court is going to take this case up. See, well, you know, there's there's things that you and I can do right here. I, I know for, for Utah, uh, Lou, uh, precinct chair, <clears throat> well, any any caucus chair had a list of all the registered voters in his precinct. Now, that list, in my, my precinct, for example, had 945 registered voters. I have that list. I have everybody in my precinct who's registered to vote. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to go through that list one by one, name by name, and make sure that, that I don't see any dead people there, that I don't see any people who have moved from the precinct, that I don't see any people there who are underage, you know, and are registered to vote. And, and you know, I'm going to walk through that list, and that's something that, anybody here in Utah can do. I, I know a fellow in in Orem who's not a precinct chair, but he's interested in cleaning the voter roll in his precinct. He asked his precinct chair for that list, got a copy, and now he is canvassing his precinct and, and doing on a very small scale what uh, some of these, you know, like the lady in Connecticut, is doing on a grand scale. And if each of us would do that, if we had just one person in each precinct, Lou, do that in the state of Utah, 
we would clean our voteral squeaky clean before the election. But, Lowell, Utah belongs to Eric. <laughs> they should be automatically clean. Isn't that true? Oh, man. <laughs> now going back to Michigan. Yeah. I'm also a proud member of Eric. But, no, absolutely. And this is why, Lowell, we are having more success with cleaning the voter rolls because it's not tipping an election result. It's before the election. Mm. It's very straightforward. Somebody either is living where they say they're living and are U.S. citizens and 18 years old, et cetera, et cetera, mm. or they're not. Yeah. And this is why this is where the successes are coming. And there are groups literally all over the country doing this, but not to the level you're talking about, which is the answer. We have a, so many answers at the precinct level in funding elections. I mean, everything. But mm -hmm. uh, absolutely agree. So, yeah, so Arizona, always a target-rich environment. And so, yeah, the, this suit that Mike Lindell's been talking about, the plaintiffs are Kerry Lake and your good friend, Mark Fincham. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, they got the goods. I don't question that at all. But uh, I just don't think, I don't think we have a court who wants to hear about it. But, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. And there's still a problem in Arizona because Adrian Fontes, who did such a great job running the Maricopa County elections in 2020, was kicked upstairs. He's now in charge of elections statewide hmm. in Arizona. And his, and his infinite wisdom decided to create a new uh, procedures manual, which is kind of <laughs> legislating on the fly with a laptop. Yeah. And anyway, big court fight coming in Arizona uh, over that as well. Yes, very, very true. Now, the I, I was interested, Lou, interested to, to note that one of the stories you put up on securevote.news in the last day or two was a story about how paper ballots are good, but it's next to impossible to count them by hand. That was the story. Is now expert. <laughs> this fellow's an expert. Oh, yeah, and we have to listen to the expert. Because that's look at how much we, we've gotten from experts, right? Well, well, you know, and not in my experience, particularly he's assuming that all of the counting would be done by the county clerk's office, right? And yeah, it will be a big job and it will get tedious and people need to take breaks and stuff like that. But if the counting is done in the precincts by volunteer precinct judges, then no problem, piece of cake. It'll take maybe an hour, maybe two, and then they phone their results into the county clerk who just adds them up in a little spreadsheet. How tough is that, right? And then publishes the result. It's not hard. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is a classic example of information warfare for low-information voters or stupid people. And uh, and I don't mean to be using this kind of language. I generally don't, but I'm, I'm the guy that wrote this is a moron. I mean, d d does he really believe that we think that it's quicker to use these voting machines to count the vote totals when they get, they're still counting in California, Lowell, from two weeks ago. It's, Come on. It is, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous because these things, they, they're sold to us on the premise that they will be more accurate and faster. And in reality, they are not faster. It takes weeks after the election before we get the results. And then we don't know that the results are accurate because we cannot verify them. Yep. So, Lo, before my time expires, which uh -huh. looks like it has, but I want to call attention to a couple of stories we're running on newsforamerica.org. Please do. One of them uh, is written by your good friend, Dr. Ron Paul, and mm -hmm. on, uh, for the benefit of Campaign for Liberty, an organization you have some familiarity with. And uh, he's talking about tyranny 
by treaty and uh, must read, must read. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's about this uh, World Health Organization treaty yeah. that Biden wants uh, the U.S. to participate in, which will collapse our sovereignty in a major area, our bodily autonomy and our health freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I pulled out another thing from the Council on Foreign Relations, and we know they're always right. Yeah, talking about something back in the fifties called the Bricker Amendment, and and the uh, chicanery that kept that from being put in, which would have protected us from these treaties that are leapfrogging over our legislative branch and uh, our entire constitution. But mm-hmm. we are in peril. Big peril, right? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Lou. Thank you, Lou. Awesome as usual. You are the best, Lou. Appreciate your being with us. All these stories, folks, are found at securevote.news. That website, again, is securevote.news. You've been listening to securevote.news radio, a 15-minute summary of the most important stories appearing on securevote.news. You can listen to us live-streamed at 9.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Each week, go to the website for more information. You can also listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. For Lowell Nelson, my name is Lou Moore. Thank you.